the, the servant of Isaiah is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ who hung on the cross for your sin and for mine. That same offer is echoed again as the canon closes. So go from Isaiah, Old Testament, zoom, way over to, uh, I was going to say Apocalypsis, hermano. Uh, uh, Revelation, uh, chapter 22, verse 17. The duet of the Spirit and the Bride proclaim, Come. Same invitation, same, same command. Let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. That, that word in Greek, without price, can be translated, guess what? The free gift. The free gift. The same topic and, and the, the thumb part of the presentation. So, we can say the blessings of the gospel are free to all. First part. Second part. Well, what should we do? What should be done then in response to this freeness of uh, the blessings of the gospel? The immediate duty of all is to, to believe. To believe. Uh, immediate duty means do it right now. To put it a little bit in context, the immediate duty of you is to start studying for midterms because they're just right around the corner. Uh, it means get to it. Do it right now. Mark 1.15, one of the passages that uh, Brown references for this uh, phrase, this section, reads this, uh, this way. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That belief is described by, by Brown as cordial, penitent, and obedient faith. Well, penitent and, uh, and uh, obedient, I can get. Cordial, you know, uh, the seminary's translation or update of the language uh, helped me there. Uh, cordial simply means heartfelt, warm uh, type thing. Penitent is exactly what Mark 1.15 says. Repent. Repent. Uh, it's that heartfelt about face change of course turn around change of direction now for the young I was I was young when I trusted in Christ as Savior saved uh, probably seven or eight years old uh, I hadn't done a lot uh, so for the young uh, that might be seem something slight uh, and small the repentance part for the old experience center, it might be something monumental. And you've heard the, the testimonies. People get up and talk about all of their past life. Regardless of the age, it's clearly a change of course. It's clearly a change of course when you repent and believe. Uh, the last phrase is obedient faith. When I read that, I, I couldn't help but think back to Aki's Bond and some, some memories there. Uh, one particular denomination, it wasn't the Catholic Church either, one particular denomination in Aquismon was a constant thorn in our church's back. They stressed obedient faith. But their idea of obedient faith was it was faith plus works. It was faith plus baptism. And faith plus taking the Lord's Supper every Sunday. And faith plus 
and uh, all this and if you did anything then you lost your salvation you had to start all over again and uh, they were constantly uh, e e emphasizing obedient faith and obedient faith as it's mentioned in, in Romans they would take that and twist it so uh, I don't think that's what Brother Brown was thinking about when he uh, mentioned this his proof text is Romans 16 26 that says but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations. So he's closing out the book of Romans and he's talking about what has been offered to the Jews is now being offered to all nations, to the Gentiles, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. Well, I decided to look up that phrase, obedience and faith. And it is very prominent in the book of Romans. Uh, and so, I also went as, in my looking, I found somebody a, a lot better than, than me about this. And uh, I wish everybody's name was as easy to pronounce as Ricky Williams. But who's the Greek, uh, Greek author? Mounts? Mounts? Mounts, okay. Mounts explains that the theme of obedience runs throughout Romans. Paul seeks to bring about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles for the sake of God's name. Romans 1.5 which should probably be understood in the widest sense possible says Mounts responding in faith not law it's not through the law it's through faith is the obedience God requires and faith itself shows itself in obedience in other words true faith is produces obedience in our lives Adam's disobedience has made us sinners Based uh, sinners. Christ's obedience makes many righteous. 5.19. Romans 6 presents two options. Two options based on whom we obey. Either slaves of sin leading to death or slaves of obedience leading to righteousness. Then Paul later states in this same book of Romans that Christ is bringing about through him the obedience of the Gentiles. 15.18. Adding that the report of the obedience of the Romans has gone out widely. Lots of people heard about how the Romans had been obedient. What does that mean? They trusted in Christ. They put their faith in Jesus Christ. The letter concludes, the letter to, to the Romans concludes with the statement that according to the command of the eternal God, the mystery that was kept hidden has been manifested through the prophetic writings for what? The obedience of faith. 1626. That is, the call on people to respond obediently in faith and for that faith to show itself through obedient lives. So, it's a free offer, but our response should be an obedient faith. According to this article, Article 4, even the greatest of sinners can be saved. Uh, Paul says that much in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 12 through 15 y'all remember the the what he says there I'll put a little bit of context there uh, starting in verse 12 I thank him who has given me strength Paul writing here Christ Jesus our Lord because he judged me faithful appointing to me to his service though notice notice the though though formerly I was a blasphemer persecutor 
an insolent opponent, but I received mercy. I received mercy because I'd acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save who? Sinners. Of who? He says, I am the foremost or the uttermost. So that free offer uh, even goes to the greatest of sinners. They can be said saved. How bad a sinner was I? Well, the worst thing I had done before I trusted in Christ was kick my sister. And it wasn't that bad because I think she deserved it. And uh, <laughs> at least that's what I thought. But the day the Lord saved me, I knew deep down in, in my heart that I was capable, even at a young age, I was capable of committing the most horrible sins. I was a sinner. And I, I'll never forget that. That Sunday morning, Brother Clint Acker, uh, when I went down and he said, he knew what I was going down for. He said, what'd you come down for? And I said, I need to be saved. And, uh, and I was that day. Thanks be to God that the greatest of sinners can be saved. Yet what does that, the phrase in the article say? Nothing prevents the greatest sinner from being saved but his own inherent depravity. How depraved is humankind? Well, uh, with cell phones, it's easy to see how depraved humankind is. Uh, well, let's see. Romans 3, citing the Old Testament in a, in a list there. Just, it's almost like... Uh, rapid fire Paul says none is righteous no not one no one understands no one seeks for God all have turned aside together they have become worthless no one does good not even one their throat is an open grave they use their tongues to deceive the venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And their paths are ruin and misery. Now before we think about news coverage and how oftentimes that's full of lies, just think about yourself. Even as a Christian, how often are we given to gossip? Mistruth? Oftentimes telling stories, telling events to favor ourselves and put others in not such a good favor. Uh, that's part of the sin problem that still we have, we deal with. But even though it's a free offer, mankind is utterly and completely depraved and he is in need of that free salvation. The fourth part, Jesus explains the issue of voluntary rejection here. He's talking about the Jews uh, of his day. And in John chapter 5, one of, another proof text that uh, Brother Brown mentions, he says, And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me, about Jesus. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. 
you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness of me Jesus says yet you notice refuse to come to me that you may have life long time ago back in Aki's mom uh, a young man that I'd known ever since he was a little kid came up to me and said uh, can we talk he'd never been to church in fact he was a surprise that he said that to me because uh, his entire family were was a extremely Catholic extremely Catholic I said sure I knew that his lifestyle was not a good one he was an open homosexual so we met uh, at the church and he expressed interest in the gospel with tears in his eyes he said I want to change I, I, I see what y'all do and I, I want that well I presented the plan of salvation and I can still vividly hear his words in my mind and he asked do I have to give up my lifestyle And I said, well, you've got to repent. And it's not repent of some sin, it's repent of all sin. And as he cried and he wept, I quote, he simply said, I can't leave it. I can't leave it. He shook my hand, thanked me for my time, but he went away just as lost as he'd entered because he simply refused to repent and accept that free offer. He refused to come to Jesus and have life. He loved the darkness of his sin more than the life that Jesus offered. 2 Thessalonians 1.8 is another passage that, uh, that Brother Brown cites. The context of it is a little bit different because he talks about how the Thessalonians have been afflicted and but that one day Jesus is coming back in judgment and he's going to afflict the afflictors and you who have suffered are not going to be afflicted but in the tail end of, of that I'll start in verse 7 he says and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire inflicting notice this vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's that obey the gospel again. We can understand the aggravated condemnation that this uh, last phrase of the article mentions as an awful condemnation. How awful is that? And it is when the Lord will come to mete out vengeance on those who do not know God nor obey his gospel. Well, let's apply this. So in good disciple way terms, is there a truth to believe here? Well, I think there is. The truth is the freeness of the gospel. The freeness of the gospel. Another truth to believe is that man is totally and inherently depraved. There's, uh, in that sense, there's not, not uh, any good worthy of salvation. The error to avoid is not obeying in faith the gospel, uh, trusting Christ alone 
for our salvation. Is there a command to believe? Yeah. You remember that Mark 1 passage? Repent and believe. Uh, that's a command. Is there an attitude to change? Well, yeah. If you haven't submitted, and this I'm sure sounds strange in a seminary chapel, but if you've not submitted to Christ by believing and trusting in his good news of salvation, then come to him in faith. Uh, can we praise God for anything? And I'll let y'all participate. What can we praise God for? What's that? We can thank God for the sending of his son so that we do have that free Okay, free, okay. What else? Were you going to say something? Okay. Okay. Okay, good. What else can we praise God for from what we've learned in this particular article? Anything else? The opportunity here, many do not have the opportunity. Okay. All right. Stand. Any other word? Let's close in prayer and thank the Lord for this free salvation. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that day that uh, I heard the gospel and trusted in you. Thank you, Lord, for calling these here uh, to salvation and their response to the, the free offer of salvation as being positive also. Pray, Lord, that uh, just like we've been obedient to the gospel, in trusting in your son we'd be we'd manifest that obedience uh, and that faith in our lives by actively serving you each day thank you Lord because we've repented uh, thank you Lord because we're still in a sense turning around and help us forsake sin and follow you guide us now in the rest of this day in Christ's name I pray amen <laughs>